What's up, Dolphins fans, and welcome to this Tuesday, October 5th, 2021 edition of Locked on Dolphins. Today on the show, we're going to be digging into some comments from Dan Orlovsky, digging into some comments by Brian Flores, and kind of assessing what changes the Dolphins seem to be entertaining as we get ready for week five against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Thanks, as always, for making Locked on Dolphins your first listen of the day. Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You guys know the drill. Kyle Krabs, Locked On Dolphins, director of scouting draftnetwork.com, lifelong Miami Dolphins fan. Today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. And uh, yesterday was not a fun day on the timeline. A lot of, uh, I think, acceptance, right? We did There's the stages of grief, and uh, it's become quite apparent for the Miami Dolphins in 2021 uh, that... Uh, our expectations are put to bed, right? And obviously this is presumably the last game the Dolphins will play without Tua Tungvaloa at quarterback, expected to come back from the, the fractured ribs. Uh, and is it too little too late? Uh, because you're playing Tampa Bay with the perspective of being one and four, going to London to play the Jacksonville Jaguars. So... Yeah, the, the, the timeline was not a fun place yesterday, and it, some of that fire was fueled by additional comments by Dolphins head coach Brian Flores, who uh, was asked during his Monday presser about the system that's in place for calling plays and what changes they're willing to entertain from a personnel perspective, and we're going to get into all of that good stuff today on the show. But before we do, I do think it is – uh, worth mentioning, uh, I, I want to extend uh, the greatest of thank yous to Neil Kulong of uh, USA Today's uh, the NFL Wire sites. Uh, Monday, yesterday, was not just a tough day on the social media timeline. It was my last day of serving as the managing editor over at USA Today's Dolphins Wire. And I wanted to make you guys aware of this change because obviously since I've taken over the podcast, I've been over at Dolphins Wire and writing on a daily basis. Um, but having a kid at home, trying to be as active and, and as good of a parent as I possibly can be, trying to service uh, – this podcast as best as I possibly can as well. Uh, and obviously my responsibilities over the draft network as that company continues to grow. Um, it was time for me to make a, a tough choice and you know, dolphins wires. So somewhere that is always going to be near and dear to my heart uh, because it was the job that allowed me to completely walk away from anything uh, income stream wise, other than working in football. And I worked there for two and a half years. I wrote almost 5,000 pieces on the Miami Dolphins in two and a half years. Um, and it was an absolute great ride. And I thank Neil for trusting me with Dolphins Wire and letting me make it my own for as long as we did. 
And uh, that transition is one that, that they're going to end up putting that in good hands. But I wanted to make all of you guys aware of that change, obviously, because we engage on it on a daily basis. And I see those articles popping up, including out of context Dolphins fans with a screenshot of one of the stories with a video from Albert Wilson at training camp that was kind of uh, poking fun at Albert Wilson completely disappearing uh, from the face of the earth so far this season. So makes that make sense of that if you can, because I can't. Uh, but thank you to Neil. Thank you to USA Today's Dolphins Wire. You can still find me here on Locked On Dolphins. And you know what? You're still going to get a lot of written daily content for me over at the Draft Network. Uh, but it was kind of like a, a time management and, and being as good of a parent as I possibly can. It was a personal decision and a change that was made. So get your fix here on Locked On Dolphins. Is this, if, you, if you want my opinion uh, on your Miami Dolphins. So with that out of the way, Dan Orlovsky. Uh, obviously former NFL quarterback, very uh, well respected in the media circles at this point because of what he brings to the table um, from a former quarterback's perspective and breaking down game tape, get some comments. And I, I also know that some of what <laughs> I had presented to the podcast listenership yesterday perked some ears and, and kind of bemoaned. Uh, uh, of course, I said something other than uh, accusing Chan Gailey of being the worst offensive coordinator of all time yesterday when I said maybe we owe him an apology and some Dolphins fans picked up on this. But this is really at the root of what I was alluding to when I said that yesterday. I'm not saying Chan Gailey was a great offensive coordinator. But Dan Orlowski said this. Someone has to tell me what the Miami Dolphins' plan or identity is on offense. Who is calling the plays? There is absolutely no rhyme or reason to the things that they do. It looks like they are guessing plays out of a hat and just calling anything to see if it may work. This is alarming that somebody in Dan's shoes has this damning of an assessment of what the Miami Dolphins are doing offensively. Because it's one thing for me to come on here and ask, what are we doing, like I have for the last three weeks, and to point out that they're not using their best players, or to point out that in the offseason we observed that this team appeared as though it was a pass-to-set-up-the-run type offense uh, and is not embracing any of that ideology. They're not using the talent that they have. And I think this is a a slippery slope because the Dolphins have talent. And I know I alluded to this earlier as well, but I want to reiterate this uh, because there's, this is a systemic big picture problem. Uh, that I don't think is a Miami is has no good football players. They have a lot of good football players, and the good football players that they have are not being able to execute because of whatever is going on from a scheme perspective. I think the greatest example of this is Jalen Waddle, right? We can all very clearly see 
Jalen Waddle is a physically gifted player. We saw it at Alabama. He's four games into his rookie season, and the production's been modest, uh, but it's also been super erratic and not with a lot of vision. So when I look at Jalen Waddell, his impact on the game should be greater than what it has been. It's very compartmentalized against New England. It's a lot of motion stuff. He obviously had the fade from the slot, the slot fade. Uh, Tua took a one-on-one opportunity in that instance to throw a ball out there. Uh, But a lot of motion and tracking shallow nothing was working against buffalo so we're going to go ahead and throw that one out the window against the raiders everything was bubbles and three yard crossers against the colts he gets three catches early on is is cooking reasonably well and just completely disappears again some of that comes back to jacoby Brissett and execution of the offense I hear the ones uh, who are calling for Reed Sinnott, and I'm kind of in the boat that I don't think it could be any worse from an execution standpoint. I understand there's value in experience, and Jacoby is big, strong body in the pocket, can shrug guys off, make things happen, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, the ignorance of youth might not be a bad thing at this point especially with Tampa Bay coming where they've got a bunch of dogs up front. They're obviously extremely talented defending Super Bowl champions. It's a tall order. That's a tall task. But I think the thing that, that has me pushing the alarm this morning is obviously Dan Orlovsky has his assessment of the Miami Dolphins offense, which generally falls in line with my assessment of the Miami Dolphins offense. Whose assessment it does not align with, however, is apparently Brian Flores. We are back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back for yet another football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all of the pro and college action this season. With a new updated site and interface with more odds, props, and contests, BetOnline continues to be the number one source for everything football. So head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using promo code LOCKEDON. From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline, where the game starts. Here's what Brian Flores said on Monday when asked, did you give any thought last night or have you this morning to changing who calls the plays, whether it's co-offensive coordinator Godsey, uh, Charlie Fry, or another person who's doing it? No. I like the system we have in place. Obviously, we haven't had the success we want or the production we are looking for. I like our process during the week. I like our preparation. I think we've had some good game plans going in. We just haven't been able to execute, and we are not getting the results that we want. I think from that standpoint, I think the collaboration and the preparation, it's not like I've gone into a game plan saying, I don't like what we're doing. We just haven't been able to execute. 
okay, well, perhaps the execution perspective is a part of that evaluation of said coaches. It has to be. This can't be Brian Flores falling on the sword every week saying it starts with me. I got to get them more ready to play. Somebody, somebody's not doing what they're supposed to do because the players are apparently either going out there and don't know what they're doing, which is a problem and violates one of the takes no talent mantras. Or Brian Flores uh, does not have good game plans and either doesn't want to say that publicly for whatever reason, or he doesn't know he doesn't have good game plans. Brian Flores is an extremely intelligent coach. I refuse to believe that he doesn't have good game plans and doesn't know it. But what I also struggle to believe is that it is 7 a.m. on Tuesday, October 5th, right now. As I'm sitting here recording, stealing sips of coffee to try to get myself geared up to watch the All-22 today. It's not working. There is no excitement. And no changes have been made. At all. None. Zero. The Dolphins came out of the egg that they laid against the Colts, which was much worse than the 27-17 final score. Not dissimilar to how it was much worse last week than the 31-28 final score would indicate. And no changes have been made at all. This team is 31st in points offensively. 31st in yards offensively. Negative 47-point differential to this point in time. They had 35 rushing yards against the Colts. They had 203 yards offensively total. They have gone over 260 yards of offense one time in four games. Including a game that was effectively garbage time for the final 20 minutes of the football game, which was the Buffalo game. It's impressively bad. This is equally painful relative to the talent that exists on the team, this is an equally painful start than 2019, for my money. At least in 2019, like you got the, the big shelling out of the way the first two weeks, right? You lost by like 100 to 5 combined score, and that's not the actual final score, but you lost 59 to 10, 43 to nothing. And then you lost 31-6 and 30 to 10. There was a quarterback change in there at one point. Offensively, similar production in 2019 than you got now. And with the talent that you have on the roster, it's not excusable. 
It's not acceptable. You can't justify it. Offensive line played okay against the Colts. These wide receivers are physically capable and dynamic. Now, granted, Will Fuller was hurt, and it was announced yesterday that uh, he had a broken finger trying to dig out a low throw. Uh, Fuller's going to be out this week upcoming against Tampa Bay, according to Brian Flores. Still running some tests to see how quickly he can get back, what some more options, opinions are on how quickly he can get back, but he's definitely out this week. So if you're keeping track at home, uh, Will's going to have missed the first game because of suspension, the second game because of personal issues, uh, played in two games, made effectively zero impact in either one, and uh, is now going to miss week five and potentially longer. They warned us about the Will Fuller experience. We're living the Will Fuller experience now. Dolphins did go out and claim Austin Reiner center, by the way, uh, off of, I believe it was the Chiefs practice squad. Uh, that's a good addition. I like that. You know, he, he played significant snaps for the Chiefs. Uh, I think he could be a quality depth piece. There's some guard center versatility there. Uh, so, you know, if you're looking for silver linings, if that's your thing, <laughs> you like uh, finding um, things to feel good about, and it's it's hard to find just about anything to feel really good about right now, uh, that would be one. But uh, that also does not bode well for Michael Dieter, which is frustrating because I would really like to have some clarity on exactly what you have in Michael Dieter. I don't know that we're going to get it. It doesn't sound like this injury is season ending, but it does not sound like we're going to see him anytime soon. So yeah, I'm a little concerned that there's no, there were no changes to be found. There were no repercussions or consequences for a four game start offensively that was from a yardage perspective equally bad as the first month of the 2019 season. I don't know how you get here. The Dolphins, to their credit this year, the Dolphins that year scored 26 points in their first four games. Miami's better than that, but a lot of that is garbage time too little too late. And it's the fact that they're capable of scoring and they just choose not to is like, you guys have joked with me about my hair look like Ace Ventura or Kevin Bacon or whoever else. I'm about to pull it all out. I'm about there. I'm about ready to just pull it out and call it a day. Chris Coffin made this great point. This is elective. They're electing to play so conservative. And, and I wish we had better clarity on the root of it other than I'm reading between the lines. They don't trust the quarterbacks. And Jacoby really has not given them much of a reason to trust him because he's missing reads on the field. RockAuto.com is a family business who's been providing auto parts customers with high-quality service online for the last 20 years. So whether you're shopping for engine control modules, brake parts, taillights, motor oil, even new carpet for your classic or daily driver, rockauto.com has everything you need in one easy-to-navigate catalog, and in just a few clicks, you can get everything delivered directly to your front door. 
best of all, priced the same at rockauto.com for both professionals and do-it-yourselfers. So why would you shop anywhere else and spend up to twice as much for the same parts? So visit rockauto.com for all of your auto parts needs and write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. As we bring today to a close, uh, I'm hoping to get back on the YouTube stream tonight uh, for a podcast, uh, hoping to get all of my all 22 thoughts together throughout the course of the day today so we can get into that. Uh, that is child cooperation dependent. That may have to wait until Thursday episode. But uh, as we kind of buckle down and get ready for another game week here, Raekwon Davis may be back. Uh, Brian Flores sounded hopeful uh, that Raekwon Davis will be able to play this week. So that's a plus. Tua Tungvalo reportedly expected to be able to go in London next week. That's a plus. But getting again, getting these guys back, um, the, the expectation and the hope is not, oh, let's get back to 500 and make a run. The team will have that expectation. And if we get to that point, we can kind of reevaluate where our mentality is at. But my mentality on this show from here is looking at everybody from a talent perspective, from a potential investment opportunity elsewhere, if that player is valuable to other teams what the big picture fit is uh, long-term. Uh, obviously, presuming Brian Flores is here. Uh, we'll also ask some hard questions about if there is, we get to the end of the road and, and there's irreconcilable differences and a coaching change. And, you know, Doug Peterson in Philadelphia won a Super Bowl with the Eagles early on. And uh, he's currently out of, coaching altogether and he left the Eagles. He was fired. Um, but there was also a dynamic of philosophical and irreconcilable differences uh, for Doug. So Doug was the head coach in Philadelphia for five years, seven and nine went 13 and three, won a super bowl. And then went nine and seven, nine and seven had one season four, 11 and one. It had a winning record, 42-37-1, career record, 53% win percentage, won four playoff games in five years, won a Super Bowl, had one losing season, his first losing season in four years, out. Uh, there was some hardships there in Philadelphia from a, an office politics perspective that kind of exacerbated that and, and forced their hand with that. But I use that example of like, we have, there's a lot to like with Brian Flores. For Doug Peterson's perspective, there was a lot to like with what Doug Peterson offered the Philadelphia Eagles from an entire body of work perspective. But if it goes south and if it gets bad and there's irreconcilable differences between points of view or where the team needs to go from here, these changes can happen quickly. 
And so that's, you know, we're, we're going to be asking ourselves as we're evaluating players, you know, how do they fit the long-term vision of Brian Flores? But also if the crazy things start happening, we get to the end of the year, who are the pieces that you feel like have universal appeal and, and should be here regardless of whatever direction, whoever's in charge in any capacity, uh, decides, um, it's kind of like our draft preparations, really. Uh, when, when you think about, you know, how we've tried to tackle the draft at the last two years at locked on dolphins, it's, Hey, here's what I think, but here's kind of assessing every possible Avenue that the team can take. So that way, when something does happen, we can be mentally prepared for it. And that's going to start, you know, with from a pro personnel perspective, the, the players that are on the field now and, and taking into account talent and age and youth and universal appeal and potential trade value and salary cap and, and contract status and all that good stuff. That's what awaits us here on Locked On Dolphins. So make sure you keep it locked in right here on Locked On Dolphins of Cockcrafts. Thanks as always for listening. Hope you guys have a good Tuesday. Let's buckle down, fins up. We're in this together. We're going to figure it out together. We're in the maze together. How do we get the cheese? We're going to find out because we're going to use this time every day to share a little bit of time together and ask those questions.